ग्रंथराज श्रीमद् भागवतम की जाय श्री शुकवाक की जाय श्री राज परीक्षित की जाय जाय श्री ओडी वैष्णव आचार्यस की जाय पूज्य मनंदे हरि हरि So we're gathered for the Janamastami Mahotsav festival celebrating the appearance of Lord Krishna on the eighth day of the month of the moon of uh, waxing moon in the month of Bhadra. And this is the most auspicious festival for the devotees. As we heard briefly this morning, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu celebrated this festival annually in his Madhilila in Puri. And it's described in Chaitanya Bhagavat how in his Adilila also he would celebrate this. Veritably, he would become a gopa, from a sannyasi to a gopa, adorning himself with such attire and carrying on in such a way that those in the know could understand. Shri Gaurhari, so he goes Tabihari. That Gaurhari is the same coward boy, Krishna. When once in his youth, Mahaprabhu had his chart done, his father had his astrological chart done by a traveling astrologer and when he saw the chart, meditated on it, he said, your son is Narayan. Mahabhu objected. He said, no, my last life I was a coward boy because I took care of cows nicely. This life I've been born as a Brahmana. So this is his real identity. Antar Krishna Bahiyagodam. Inside he's Krishna. Outside, of course, he wears the, the kanta, the duty, the effulgence, the mood of Radha. And so, while he would celebrate it himself with his devotees annually in a glorious way, he also instructed his principal exponents of his teaching, those whom he particularly empowered to spread the teaching, Rupa and Sanatan. He taught Sanatan Goswami to write about Janamastami and his observance emphasize it for the devotees, as Sanatana Prabhu, of course, did, Hari Bhakti Vilas. So this is a festival that's celebrated by all kinds of devotees of Krishna, huge day in India, and uh, nowadays the world over, thanks to the preaching of our Guru Maharaj, Sri Esi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada, but particularly it's celebrated by the Gaudias, and as I've said before, no one speaks more highly of Krishna than them. We have been discussing to some extent in our forum the Shaktyaveshavutar and the connection with that all there the idea comes to the fore that there are many different types of avatar or descent of the Lord. And this you will find this information you will find in the Gaudiya Vaishnav sect. Outside of that you'll find people calling themselves avatars of Krishna. But um Gaudiya should be astute to ask him, which type are you? Are you Shaktivesh? Are you Lila Avatar? Guna Avatar? Manbuntar Avatar? Are you uh, Yuga Avatar? Expose this kind of rascal, as Prabhupada would say, such imposters. Point being here that the Gaudiyas have gone into great depth to analyze all the different manifestations of the Lord, arriving at the conclusion, what? Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. Say, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. That Krishna is the fountainhead of all manifestations of the divine. It's not a whimsical statement or just a belief, faith, some kind of fanaticism, but they have gone to great depths to analyze this from many different angles of vision and for good reason. Because if one knows that as Krishna himself says in the Gita, then he'll have the wherewithal to worship him in such a way He'll know where to give everything and to give entirely. He'll know the supreme taker. And he'll have one end of the equation of full giving in place. You have to know the complete taker to give completely. Having known that, understood that, then you can begin to give without reservation. And Raga, Baba Samanvita, Raga Samanvita, Buddha Raga Samanvita. When we come to know Krishna as he is in the Brajlila with the form of the Lord with whom Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was so preoccupied. We know that Krishna is the son of Devaki, that's the common knowledge. Yashoda means, Yashoda means faith and Da means to give, so 
fame, I should say. Yasho means fame. So Yashoda gave the fame to Devaki. You can be known the world over as his mother, but I want him as my son. <laughs> and so she has him. And this is the Bodhya Vaishnava understanding. So on this day, in Mahaprabhu's eternal Leela, in Nitya, Leela of Gauranga Mahaprabhu, and in Nadia, and it's a little different than the manifest Leela, the unmanifest Leela. Some godliness is there, some acknowledgement of the divinity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that's suspected in the Prakat Leela, but is readily dismissed at the same time with the, with the ecstasy of thinking him as my friend, our schoolmate, classmate, and, and so on, as the devotees like to think of him. But there, in the Nitya Leela, then, on this day, Gauranga Mahaprabhu has naturally a big festival to worship the son of Nanda Maharaj in his home, and so many devotees come and gather, and begins in the morning with an Abhishek of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, and then Karadha Pandit comes forward to recite from Bhagavatam. Knowing the mood of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and understanding the day, very attuned as he is to the sentiment of Mahaprabhu, and of course it would be obvious on this day how he would be preoccupied, Radha Pandit begins to recite from Srimad Bhagavatam. And Mahaprabhu listens in great ecstasy and enters into the bow of the bridge where Gadadhar's discourse is taking him and all of the devotees are transported and Navadweep turns into Vrindavan. And with the cessation of the discourse and they come to external consciousness of Gorlila and Vishnu Priya and Lakshmi Priya are both present there. Busy, busy, busy they become in arranging and furthering the cooking of the feast for the Lord. And when it's finished, such he calls, so come, Gorai, make the offering, O Dvija Mani, this uh, jewel of the Brahmanas, best of the Dvijas, of the twice-born. Dvija means bird. That means twice-born because birds are born in eggs and then they're born a second time when they come out. This is the name of the Brahmins also, Dvijas. They're twice-born. Born once when their mother and second time through uh, Mantra Diksha and the grace of the, the descent of the divine through Guru Parampara, giving birth to a new life and opportunity. So, oh, Dijamani Gaudhari, please come make the offering. But Gaur defers to Garadhar, Pandit, make the offering. And Kirtan is conducted offering to the Shaligram, Narayan, worshipping in the home. And then Swoop Damada was singing the Arctic so many songs about Krishna eating bog. Sri Gora, like Bhakti Vinod has given us, Lila Kirtan, Sri Gora Hari, so he goes to Bihari. Bhaja Bhakata Vatsala, Sri Gora Hari. Bhaja Bhakata Vatsala, Sri Gora Hari. Shri Gaurahari, so he goes to be hardy. Shri Gaurahari, so he goes to be hardy. This way, Kirtan is conducted and then broken, and again they come back from the Brajlila and Tagorila and Mahaprasad is taken. And this is all three day festival. Saptami, Astami, Novami. Seventh day, Eighth day, ninth day. Correspondingly, this is going on in the Braj Leela. On the seventh day, invitations are written up and extended out. Krishna's cousin, Subhadra, will take the invitation from Nanda Maharaj to first, to go to everywhere, but first to Brishabhanupur, to the, their like family members, because their son and daughter are meant for one another although formerly they're not married for other reasons, to bring out only how much they are wedded to one another, how much they belong to no other. This paraki is for showing swakya. This apparent belonging to another is for the sake of showing that she belongs to no other and that by extension we belong to no other than to Krishna. So to Vrishabhanu Pur in the place of Vrishabhanu and Kittida, the mother and father of Radharani, message goes, both 
by male messenger and female messenger, like Danishta, daughter of one of Krishna's nursemaids, bringing a message to Kirtida and then to Yavat it sent to Radha and all the Yuteshwaris, all the group leaders in different places and so forth. Messages sent out, Krishna's birthday celebration tomorrow, day after, well, it's actually like tomorrow, please prepare yourselves and come. And so they come, actually they come the day early, that evening they come, Maharaj, Vishubhanu riding on an elephant, and the ladies carried on palanquins, and Sridham, the brother of Radha, who's still living at home, she's apparently married, so she lives in Yavat. He rides, jumps on his horse and leads the cowherds all riding into this, uh, there's some opulence there in Nityalila, riding into the kingdom of the coward Nanda Maharaj, Nandishwar, Nandagram. So they all come and are received wonderfully and shown to their quarters in this way for three days. Radharani stays at the house of Nanda Maharaj, which is her, of course, lifelong eternal ambition. So on the birthday she gets to <laughs> experience that. Otherwise, things go on as usual. Krishna goes cowherding, comes back, and rendezvous are taking place, but all from the base of Nanda Maharaj's house. And on the Astami, the birthday ceremony takes takes place. So this kind of Ceremony, these are the kind of things that Nanda Gadadhar Pandit reads about and discourses about to the pleasure of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Nitilila. So we'll hear a little for Gauranga Mahaprabhu, Nitananda Nitai Chan's pleasure. This uh, section of Srimad Bhagavatam, I chanted the Sanskrit verses, however imperfectly, with sincere heart to please Gauranga Mahaprabhu. The Sukhavak, the words of Sukha. You know that Garadhar Pandit was a pundit and very fond of Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is who Mahaprabhu had regularly, every morning, after bath in the Ganges, and assembling in the house while the cooking is going on for the deity. Garadhar Pandit recites Srimad Bhagavatam for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and followed him to Puri. And in Puri at Kotoda Gopinath, there daily he would recite also Srimad Bhagavatam, the heart. Srimad Bhagavatam is considered the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Gadadhar could sing it and explain it like no other, knowing the heart of Mahaprabhu as he did, being the personification of Radha in Gorlila. We sometimes call it Radha Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavatam, beautiful Bhagavatam. Bhagavat means Krishna. So he becomes beautiful in the presence of Radha. When we hear about him through the lens of the vision of in heart, of Sri Radha, then we know Krishna as he is. This is Swayam Bhagavan, standing next to Radha. Prabhupada sometimes would say, Krishna is not so beautiful alone, but when he's standing next to Radha, then he shines. Like, what is the moon without a shine? Something like that. So the, the two are one and, and different. Moon is complemented by its shine. So Krishna Chandra is complemented by the uh, Shakti, divine light, Halo of Radharani. Sri Ramaj once described the halo of Radharani as Shraddha, faith. Remember, her aura just emanates faith, conviction, faith developed through its fullest is love, praying. This is being then distributed, being caught up in that through Guru Parampara. So, we form our faith well by then the discourse on Srimad Bhagavat. Nasta prayeshu abadreshu nityam bhagavata sevaya. Bhagavata yutamashloki bhakti bhavati naishtiki. You can become naishtiki, nairantarja, nishta, fixed by regularly hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. It is said in Guru Purana that it is a commentary on Vedanta Sutra. And Vedanta Sutra is the nyaya, the logic of the scriptures, how all the scriptures work together. So it taxes your intelligence there. So, in the same way, Srimad Bhagavatam, being a commentary on that. Catch up your intellect and take it to the other side. Now intellect has made a pact. It's wedded to the mind and the senses. So, senses are controlling us, and intellect has been implicated. So, the intellect is being used to think of ways to have sense gratification. How to drink water on a fast day while bathing. 
<laughs> so nobody sees even. This is our predicament. Goes underwater on a fast day. And he drinks. And nobody knows except himself. Can't live with himself if he keeps thinking about it. Being a hypocrite. So we're all suited and booted for Krishna Bhakti here, but dressed in the attire, we want to be careful not to be Kali Chela, only a disciple of Kali Yuga, and have our intelligence only scheming how to find some opening for sense gratification in the midst of all the demand for service that the Lord's appearance in his festival days and so forth call upon us for, how to find a break, how to drink water on a fast day underwater, a way that no one will know, but you will know. And satam, this is truthfulness. This is another word for devotee. So you cannot keep up in that way. And then that is the idea of Srimad Bhagavatam, hearing it regularly. You cannot keep up that insincerity. It will change your heart. Then you can become happy. It will take the rajas and tamas out of your heart and all this cheating. Dharma Pradita Kaita Bhutra Paramo Ninumat Saranam Satam. It will make you Satam truthful and fit then for understanding the truth. There's a difference between the soul and the body. Asat and Sat. Difference between body and soul. One is unreal, unenduring, the other is enduring. So if we want enduring love, we have to come to the soul platform. There's just the beginning. So, days like this, and the life we lead is for this purpose. And Sumat Bhagavatam is there to help us in such a grand way. There's no more complex theological text known to human society. I and mean, that's an absolute, that's an objective fact. And nothing compares to Sumat Bhagavatam and its theological complexity. As I said, from this, the Goswamis have drawn all these ideas. Shakyavesha avatar, Yuga avatar, Manvantar avatar, Leela avatar, Guna avatar. Avatari, so many, so far-reaching in its investigation into and its revelation as to the nature of the Godhead in all different nuances and so forth, all different shades of feeling and expressions of the Godhead in relation to the hearts of different devotees and so forth. A very fine, fine book. And meant for Kali Yuga, Krishna Svadhamo Pagate Dharma Ganani Visaha. The question is asked in the Bhagavad itself, what to do now that Krishna, the very personification of Dharma and knowledge, has gone from the world? Who will protect us with the coming forth of the Kali Yuga, age of hypocrisy? And this is the answer. It's Krishna, Sadhama, Pagare, Dharma, Ganadivisa, Kalo, Nashta, Drishamesha, Puranarkodinodita. In the darkness of Kali, one will get light from this. Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam. So Mahabhu showed the way, as I say, daily in his Leela, hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. This is daily recital, hearing Srimad Bhagavatam and from the lotus mouth of Karadhar Pandit. And it doesn't stop there. In the Nitya Leela, it's also going on. It was a special kind of book as this. Therefore it said, Atmaramas Chunayonya Grantapi Rukrame. What is the next line? Atmaramas chamunayonya grantapi urukrame. Kurvanti ahai tuki bhakti. Itambuta guno hari. Came from Golok. <laughs> Mahaprabhu spoke it. Itambuta guno hari. Such are the nature of the qualities, and by implication, by extension, the leelas, the life of hari. What is that? Such is the nature that Atmaramas cha. That even as Atmanamas, people who are self-satisfied, they take pleasure in hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. They get up from the seat of self-satisfaction and begin to dance, and become busy, 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 to trying to catch with their ears the extent of the nectar that flows from Krishna Leela. Make the Rishi Sukadev become a dancer, Hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. So, this is a special quality. It's nirgramta. Gramta means not. And it implies that 
material existence. So it takes one beyond the knot of material existence. It's a liberated book. It's the book incarnation. Idam Bhagavatam Nama Puranam Brahmasamhitam Uktama Sloka Chaditam Chakara Bhagavan Rishi Nishayashaya Lokasya Damnam Swastiyayanam Mahat Nishayashaya Lokasya How much it can help people. The Loka, the world, Nishayashaya, so comprehensively. And it can... Here, Grunta. Untie the knot of material existence. Grantara Srimad Bhagavata Ki Jai Tujamani Gaurhari Ki Jai Srinitai Chanda Ki Jai Sri Krishna Janmashtami Ki Jai Sri Krishna Balaram Ki Jai Radhagubinda Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanande Aryaribo So Granta means the knot of material existence. And this book unties that knot. Granta also means book. Nirgranta means it is beyond books. Sugadeva was beyond book learning, beyond theoretical learning. He actually was a realized soul. Still, he was attracted to Srimad Bhagavatam. That's a big book, so many thousands of verses. Why did he take the trouble to study Srimad Bhagavatam if he was already liberated? Because the subject matter there is post-liberated subject matter. The Leela of Krishna is not a means to an ends. Bhakti can give mukti, but mukti cannot give bhakti. Bhakti is beyond mukti. Mukti is included within bhakti, but bhakti is included within mukti. If you get bhakti, you get mukti. If you get mukti, you may not get bhakti. And that will be a great misfortune. So, therefore, as I say, this recitation is going on in the Nityalila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, discussing Srimad Bhagavatam. So, Chattva deham punarjan manaiti mameti suarjana. What is the point? means you don't have to give up this body and take birth again. If you understand Krishna, Janma, Karma, Jamedivyam, you're already there in this body. This is the idea. So, the discussion, the reading. Sugadeva Goswami said, Nanda Maharaj was naturally very magnanimous and when Lord Sri Krishna appeared as his son, he was overwhelmed with joy. Therefore, after bathing and purifying himself and dressing himself properly, he invited Brahmins who knew how to recite Vedic mantras. After having these qualified Brahmins recite auspicious hymns, he arranged to have the Vedic birth ceremony celebrated for his newborn child according to the rules and regulations. And he also arranged for worship of the demigods and the forefathers. So, of course, the news came early in the morning one maidservant, delighted to see the birth of Krishna, suckling the breast of Yashoda, had the wonderful service then to go and inform the king, Nanda Maharaj, you have a son. A son has been born. This, of course, was the only problem in the whole of the Braj. Perfect life, perfect king, Nanda Maharaj, perfect queen, Mother Yashoda, perfect and happy life, all except one problem is that Nanda Maharaj didn't have a son. How would the thing go on? This is the point. This was the anxiety year after year after year after year. Family life without a son, without children. He didn't have a daughter either, but without children is barren. So this was big, big news. It said that they had a problem, the two of them, Nanda and Yashoda, in trying to beget a son because every time Nanda Maharaj thought about what kind of son he would like to have, then he saw a son in his mind's eye that was more beautiful and qualified than God, more beautiful than Narayan. And he thought, well, that's crazy. How can you have a son more beautiful and knowledgeable and affectionate and charming than God? So he would desist and then at one point he explained his dilemma to his good wife, he showed him money, she said, I have the same kind of dreams, same kind of aspiration, same kind of frustration. I think of having a son and then I have, in my mind's eye, I see such a beautiful son that it defeats the beauty of Narayan and I think that's crazy, you can't have a son more beautiful than God. So having shared notes in this way, they made a pact, they made a vow of rata to observe for one year 
they observe various austerities and so forth, in avrat for the worship of Narayan, avrat meant to please Narayan, like drinking only milk, something like that, and uh, worshiping Narayan. So very much, it's a nice point that they were very self-controlled. One year, you try to follow the codice for one day, and it's difficult for you. So for one year, they follow the kind of a rut-like ecodicy, something like, like uh, very austere and so forth. And it deviated from it one iota. So this kind of self-control, this is required for giving birth to Krishna in your life. This kind of mastery of the mind and the senses, all in the context of bhakti, of course, and all these activities are there to help us in that regard. It's, as I've said, a user-friendly way. All these engagements for the senses and for the ears to hear song and the tongue to taste prashad and the eyes to see the beautiful decoration of the deity and so on and so forth. Very user-friendly. But these are all meant to consume our senses. And then when our senses become consumed, mind becomes absorbed. And this gives birth to Krishna. Has caused Krishna to appear. So they performed this vow for one year. They were very regulated and austere and controlled yogis, much more than yogis. But this idea is that whatever is there in yoga is there also. It's not easy to control the mind and senses, Bhagavatam says. What is that verse? Kamadi beer yoga. Kamadi beer yoga. I forget, but it's a nice verse. It says, there are many means for controlling the mind and senses, like yoga. Very sophisticated yoga is system, but it doesn't compare to bhakti. Very powerful and user-friendly means for arriving at this. And that is a prerequisite, that arrival, then, for more to come. As I say, you have to come out from the bodily conception of life to have a relationship with Krishna. You have to meet him on his terms. He's not matter. So as much as matter matters to us, then Krishna's going to hold back. So they set this kind of example. And after one year, then, Mother Yashoda, she almost made it through, let's put it like that. But she had these great longings for sweets, milk sweets, and tasty dishes, and so forth. Krishna became more and more manifest within her by the arrangement of yoga maya. Practically, you can imagine, uncontrollable urges <laughs> she had because of who was taking birth from her. The parallel, of course, in Mathura is Vasudev sharing his heart with Devaki, Diksha, giving birth to Krishna in Mathura. That's the famous story. As I said, Dashoda, she gave the fame. Let her be known as the mother but he'll be my son. It comes out here, actually, in this verse. Vishwana Chakvritakura has explained that nandas tu atmaja uttane. The word tu indicates that he's the son of Nanda Maharaj. Uh, it's not that he was born in Mathura and then that child was brought and the son of Devaki and Vasudev is the son of Nanda Nishoda. No, they have their own son. And Devaki has her own son, Devaki Nandan Krishna and Yashoda Nandan Krishna. And one comes from the other. Devaki Nandan comes from Yashoda Nandan. He is the Swayam Bhagavan. So it comes out in the commentary of Vishwanachakri Thakur. He cites other places as well in Bhagavatam where Krishna is described as, where his sister, Yogamaya, is described as being the younger sister. And so, so the idea, of course, is in the, in the story that in the Leela, Vasudev brings Krishna, Devakinandan Krishna, and he merges into the Nandanandan Krishna. And the daughter is also born, it's mentioned in the Puranas. So she had actually two, a daughter and a son. And the daughter, he didn't see the son, the daughter was taken back to uh, Mathura. And there she showed herself to be extraordinary, chastised Kamsa, and so on and so forth. The point is that Krishna is actually really the son of Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda. Here the Vedic birth ceremony is taking place, and in order to do that, Vishwanath argues you have to cut the umbilical cord. So if there was none, then 
Besides that, Krishna appeared in Mathura with four arms. Who ever heard of a baby appearing with four arms? And he was fully dressed also with the helmet. And so she had some divine manifestation, but she didn't give birth, Devaki. But in the Gokul Leela, then it's completely uh, human in appearance. It's all the arrangement of Yoga Maya, but completely human-like. So Krishna's actually born there. And so the festival is held, as I said, this happens, uh, of course, this is the Prakat Leela, the manifest Leela, the description of it. It's going on internally in the Niti Leela. Invitations are given out. And we see this Prakat Leela parallels that Aprakat Leela. But it's, it's here the actual birth is taking place. In other words, in the Niti Leela, Krishna has a birthday every year, but he's not being born. The uh, Kavikarnapur from the Bengal side, a great Parshat of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu reasoned that the Prakat Leela, the manifest Leela of Krishna in this world, is for the sake of Mother Yashoda. One way of looking at it. So that she could actually experience childbirth. Otherwise, how will her life be complete? <laughs> She's got a son every year. There's a birthday. But he's never born. <laughs> so here, he can be born. This is, uh, as I said before, it's like filmed on location. So there are some extras advantages, the natural setting and so forth and so on. So this Leela, Prakat Leela, takes precedence in the minds of the devotees. It's sweeter, more charming, more compelling. And all of the implications of the Niti Leela are further played out. So we see that there's a parallel. Here the Jatakarma ceremony is performed, the umbilical cord is cut, Vedic mantras are recited, Brahmins have been invited, and so on and so forth. Nanda Maharaj gave two million cows, completely decorated with cloth and jewels and charity to the Brahmins. He also gave them seven hills of grain covered with jewels and with cloth decorated with golden embroidery. Here we again hear these kind of descriptions of opulence and so forth. They're meant to um, help us to retire our attraction for such. The idea being that these things are just being given away like water gold, jewels, and cows. Actually, it's a fact that human society cannot live without cows. Now, you want me to explain that? You have to do a little research, but someone was here at our last festival. What was our last festival? Rathiatra. I forget who it was, and they told me they had seen a movie. They always want to tell me about the movies that tie into Krishna consciousness, but <laughs> there must be others as well. But anyway, they say they uh, had seen a movie about cows and uh, educational TV, and it was proven there that humans cannot live without cows. Now, I can't, I, I know it's true, but anyway, the point is they're very dear to the human society, and it's a wealth, actually. Milk is a wealth. If you actually raise cows properly, then milk is expensive. Milk is cheap in our society because they abuse the cows, unfortunately. So if you understand really the wealth and how much milk costs, I mean, you have to raise cows. And for every cow, there's going to be a calf. And if you don't have a lot of milk, you have to have a lot of calves. And your herd increases and you have to take care of the herd. And So you've got to be pretty well off to drink milk. And these people are bathing in milk. We're not that rich yet. Mahaprabhu has not manifest yet fully that opulence here. But there may come a time when we can do the procession and just pour milk. That's a common thing. You take milk, bucket, and just pour it in front of the procession, pour it all the way around the Govardhan Hill. And in, in Opera Cutlita, there's no shortage there. <laughs> so much wealth. The idea being that why we should endeavor in other ways to be wealthy and pursue directly after wealth, why not pursue Krishna and Krishna consciousness and love of Krishna that makes such things just... They come, bhukti comes, material enjoyment comes like a maidservant to offer herself to bhakti. Can I be of any service? Use me in some way and make use out of me. Mukti Devi comes, personified, and pays pranam to bhakti Devi. Make me worth having, worth attaining. Mukti without bhakti is not worth attaining. She knows that. She knows it very well. 
So these are just maidservants of bhakti, bhukti and mukti. This is the point here with regard to bhukti and these kind of descriptions. You're supposed to learn from this. Don't go chasing after material opulence. Chase after bhakti. Material opulence will chase after you. See the dham, the nature of the dham. No shortage there whatsoever. This way Nanda Maharaj arranged a big festival. King, by passing of time, O king, Sukadeva says, by the passing of time, land and other material possessions are purified. By bathing, the body is purified. And by being cleansed, unclean things become purified. By purificatory ceremonies, birth is purified. By austerity, the senses are purified. And by worship and charity offered to the Brahmins, material possessions are purified. By satisfaction, the mind is purified. And by self-realization or Krishna consciousness, the soul is purified. So Sukadeva is explaining to Raj Parikshit the significance of what Nanda Maharaj is doing. It's a bathing ceremony, which is a purificatory rite. And like these other ways in which one becomes purified, birth is purified in this way. Then the Brahmins recited auspicious Vedic hymns, which purified the environment by their vibration. The experts in reciting old histories like the Puranas, the experts in reciting histories of the royal families, the general reciters, etc., all chanted while singers sang in many kinds of musical instruments like bheris and dundubhis played in accompaniment. So they had different types of people. They had the, the suttas, the Magadhas, and so on. So the suttas would recite the Puranas, and the Magadhas would recite the glorification of the family tree and lineage and, and so forth. And different singers and dancers and musicians. It was quite a festive occasion. Rajapur, the residence of Nandamaraj, was fully decorated with varieties of festoons and flags, and in different places gates were made with varieties of flower garlands, pieces of cloth and mango leaves, the courtyards, the gates, near the roads, and everything within the rooms of the houses were perfectly swept and washed with water. So this is a big to-do, a big arrangement. Invitations are sent out, as I said, in the Nitya Invitations sent out everywhere. The whole of the brudge is decorated with flags and festoons and auspicious items and whatnot. The roads are cleansed and decorated and what to speak of the nondogram itself. This goes on for days in advance in preparation for the Janamastami, the birthday of the son of the king. Cows and bulls and calves were thoroughly smeared with a mixture of turmeric and oil mixed with varieties of minerals. Their heads were bedecked with peacock feathers and they were garlanded and covered with cloth and golden ornaments. So, in the least, as I mentioned, the next event after the Arctic here, then we'll have Goabishek, cow bathing. They don't take well to <laughs> ornamentation here, but uh, <laughs> we'll bathe some of them. So then, O, o King, Sukadev said, the cowherd men dressed very opulently with valuable ornaments and garments, such as coats and turbans, decorated in this way and carrying various presentations in their hands, they approach the house of Nandamar. So invitations that have been sent out in the Nitilila, and everyone is coming wearing their Sunday best, all decked out and uh, bearing different presents and so forth, not only for Krishna, but for Nandamaraj and Dishoda and others, and this Dadati, Pratigrinati, Uyamaketi, Pritchiti, this is going on there. This has been advised by Rupa Goswami to give gifts, accept gifts from devotees. Now, this kind of loving exchange. It's like you say, you come to the temple, you bring a gift. Go to someone's house, you bring a gift. And if they know you're coming, they have a gift for you. And so, wonderful invitations have been sent out. Everyone is all geared up for that and bearing gifts. They come to the house of Nanda Maharaj. As I said, Vishabhanu Raj riding on an elephant. The ladies like Kirtida, a mother of Radharani on a palanquin, four bearers carrying the palanquin, all the elderly ladies like this. Gopis, young gopis had their own also means of conveyance. Sridham, brother of Radha, there jumps on his horse and leads the 
millions of cowherds riding on horses <laughs> to the to Nandagram. So they're pouring in from all sides for the festival. The gopis, the gopi wives of the coward men were very pleased to hear that Mother Yashoda had given birth to a son and they began to decorate themselves very nicely with proper dresses, ornaments, black ointment for the eyes and so on. So it was so nice, you see, that they're doing all these things. It seems very vain. They're all dressing up and decorating themselves and ornamenting themselves and so forth. But the consciousness of each and every one of them is only to glorify Krishna. It's incredible. This is the message you get from this, that the potential for spiritual absorption through bhakti is such that material things, material options, which would normally be a distraction, becomes fully consumed within that absorption and spiritualized even. Normally, this uh, material opulence distract us, take us away from spiritual absorption, so we're advised to avoid them. But in the bhakti, it's so consuming that you can bring all these things, invite them all in. And not only you become so spiritualized that you are not distracted by them, they themselves take on a spiritual character. You won't find this in other approaches to enlightenment. Therefore, it's kind of hard to understand sometimes. Devotees look like ordinary people, dressed up and having festivals and mystics and against saguna, something like that. But it's nirguna. It's beyond material gunas entirely. So, the lotus-like faces, extraordinary beautiful of all these guests, being decorated with saffron and newly grown kumkum, the wives of the cowherd men hurried to the house of Mother Yashoda with presentations in their hands. Because of natural beauty, the wives had full hips and full breasts which moved as they hurried along. In the ears of the gopis were brilliantly polished jeweled earrings, and from their necks hung metal lockets. Their hands were decorated with bangles, their dresses were of varied colors, and from their hair flowers fell onto the street like showers. Thus, while going to the house of Marajnanda, the gopis, their earrings, breasts, and garlands moving, were brilliantly decorated. Offering blessings to the newborn child, Krishna, the wives and daughters of the coward men said, May you become the king of Braj and long maintain all its inhabitants. So the elders, they blessed the son like this. They sprinkled then a mixture of turmeric powder, oil and water upon the birthless Supreme Lord and offered their prayers. Now that uh, the all-pervading, unlimited Lord Krishna, the master of the cosmic manifestation, had arrived within the estate of Maharaj Nanda, various types of musical instruments resounded, celebrating the great festival. In gladness, the coward men enjoyed the great festival by splashing one of those bodies with a mixture of curd, yogurt, condensed butter, milk, and water. They threw butter on one another and smeared it on one another's bodies. Dadikada, it is called. It's a game they played. It goes on annually. And in Itilila, in different groups, the cowherds, the Krishna and Balram, they have their own group. And the elder men, they have their group. And the elder ladies on the inside, inner courtyard, they have their group. And the younger gopis inside also, they have their group. The men outside, the women inside. And then they splash yogurt and butter and like this, and then they throw it with their hands. And then it becomes so, like, much they start slipping on the floors and sliding. And, and then they lose sight of who's who, who's superior, who's inferior. And this is the idea. The sense of separate self, sense of self is diminished. They're all one in love of Krishna. Just like we heard in the beginning. Now the Marsh sent invitation out. Didn't say it here, but the implication is there, as I say. People were coming, so they had to be invited. Initially, the invitation is going out the day before. And the invitation is Mikasa Sukasa, something like that. My house is your house. This is the spirit of Nanda Maharaj. He tells to Rishabhana, there's no difference between you and me. We're one. It's a dynamic 
unity that they have, all one in love for Krishna. Everybody has their own houses, everybody takes care of their own things very carefully and so forth, but all in the consciousness of doing it for Krishna. This is a very wonderful idea, actually. My godbrother once, Tamal Krishnamurti, held up a Bhagavad Gita. I wasn't there, but I heard about it. You maybe know the story. He held up a Bhagavad Gita that was all kind of not in good shape. Then he said, you see this Bhagavad Gita? He said, this is Krishna's Bhagavad Gita. Then he pulled up another one that was like really in perfect condition. He said, see this Bhagavad Gita? This is my Bhagavad Gita. In other words, he was saying, the boy saying, well, it belongs to Krishna. It's not mine. <laughs> so they don't take care of it. But if they think it's theirs, then there's a saying that probably used to quote that possession turns sand into gold, right? So when I think it's mine, then I really take care of it. So he was saying it's mine, and I belong to Krishna also. It's mine for Krishna. So we should see with some amata, some minus. We should pray means this, to come to this, some sense of possession. Krishna belongs to me. Krishna is mine. Then you're going to take care of him. If we think he's separate, worship should come to this. He's mine, belongs to me. I belong to him, turns into he belongs to me. So in brudges like this, everybody owns everything, separate house, but they all think of it as in relation to love for Krishna. It's all support and part of what is necessary for the Leela to go on. Tadiya, that is the idea, dear to Krishna. And they've identified with that. So they're attached. He was attached to his Bhagavad Gita. This is mine. And I'm keeping it in good shape. Mine for Krishna. But if we say, it, no, that's Krishna's, not mine. I don't have to bother with that. Somebody else can do that. There's a nice point he was making. So we should have some minus about the mission of Mahaprabhu. The particular mission we're in. It's my mission. It's as good as you make it. Now, you just wait a while, you know, when the mission gets itself together or something like that, then I'll get more involved or something like that. It's your mission. It's your mission to accept the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and make it what it should be in this world. We should get out of a separate kind of sense of identity. All these things, Mahaprabhu mission comes to catch us up. We identify with it. We take up responsible service. Then it's difficult to go away. Get yourself in a position of responsibility. And the more entangled you are, the more difficult it is for the mind to wander, for you to act like a hypocrite, so to speak, of slip out in the middle of the night, or, like I said, try to drink water underwater on a fast day. So, identify with the whole thing. It's mine. It is yours. He's reached out to you, said, take me. In this form, I've come to you. That would be helpful to us. Not we sit back and... We'll meditate and look for time off to become Krishna conscious. Now the Krishna consciousness is going on. Don't miss out. Don't miss a step. It's not sitting, it's dancing, as he says. A lot of footwork here. So, this way they're splashing one another with milk and yogurt again. See the opulence. The great-minded Nanda Maharaj gave clothing, ornaments, and cows and charity to the coward men in order to please Vishnu. And thus he improved the condition of his own son in all respects. He distributed charity to the suttas and the magadhas, the vandis and men of all the professions according to their educational qualifications and thus satisfied everyone's desires. Then Rohini, the most fortunate mother of Baladev, was honored by Nanda Maharaj and Jashoda and she also dressed gorgeously and decorated herself with a necklace, a garland, and other ornaments. She was busy wandering here and there to receive women who were guests of the festival. So she's considered the most fortunate of Vasudev's wives because she had the chance to live in the Gokul. To give birth to Baldev and to live in the Gokul rather than in Mathura. And participate in all these things. So she's like a great host in the house, extra host in the house, seen to all the visitors, guests, and so forth. And Nanda Maharaj is very affectionately disposed towards her. He thinks that because you've come here, I've had a son, because of you. Had it not been for you, 
he would not have come. And that's true. Krishna won't come unless Baldev comes first and paves the way. So then um, Parikshit Maharaj, uh, the king said, O Raj, the home of Nanda Maharaj is eternally the abode of the Supreme Personality of God and his transcendental qualities and is therefore always naturally endowed with opulence of all wealth. Yet, beginning from Lord Krishna's appearance, it became a place for the pastimes of the goddess of fortune. So this is actually a covert, or, well, for those who know it's not such, reference to Radha and Bhagavatam. Wherever Krishna is, there will be opulence, but with the birth of Krishna in Braj, it said here, it became the abode of the goddess of fortune. So with his birth comes the appearance of Radha also. And this way it becomes most uh, glorious. Lakshmi Sahasra Satasambhurma Sevimana. Govindamati Purusham Tamam Bajami. So actually that ends this section. Then the king goes to, after the ceremony, he goes, to, he leaves Gokul, he goes to Mathura to pay taxes to Kamsa and he'll meet with Vasudeva and so forth. So this is the brief one, anyway, there are more, but brief description of the uh, Nanda Utsav, the festival of Nanda Maharaj. Are there any questions? Yes? When you were talking about Gorlila in the beginning, you mentioned that both Lakshmi Priya and Vishnu Priya are both there, yeah. not just one. Right. Both. And they're in the house of such a day. Right. And on this occasion, cooking like anything, after the worship and the feasting and so forth, they'll go out and they'll go to the house of Dwaita, spend the night at Dwaita's house, go for the Artik there of Madan Gopal, Didi of Dwaita Charja, Nityananda Prabhu and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Garadha, all the associates. Then there'll be a big sleepover party a big festival at the waiter's house on the day after John Mastami. Artik from Madan Gopal, bathing in the Ganga and feasting and so forth. A lot of worship. There's the worship of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there's the worship of Krishna, there's the worship of Narayan, all different moods. It's very theologically complex. As I said before, if you really want to be a Raghunuga Bhakta, you have to learn Vaidhi Bhakti. You have to learn how to worship Narayan. <laughs> Or Nishingadev, he's the deity in the house of Nanda Maharaj. They're all worshipping him Om, very carefully, following all the rules. And their hearts going after Krishna. It's very, very complex. So now we'll have the Artik for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then cow bathing, and this way the day will go on. Sivan Mahaprabhu ki jai, Simad Bhagavata ki jai. Shri Krishna Janmashtami Mahamotsapaki Jai Gaur Premanandi Hari Haribol